Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 148th edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, a digital forensics, managed cybersecurity, and managed information technology firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is e-discovery disrupted by the AI revolution. Our guest is Andy Wilson, the CEO and co-founder of Logical, a major e-discovery platform for the legal industry. Andy is at the tip of the spear in bringing AI into the legal field, automating processes, particularly around legal discovery, that presently account for one-third of all legal fees globally. Under Andy's leadership, Logical has grown into a market leader in e-discovery, trusted by over 1,500 organizations and 50,000 users in more than 40 countries worldwide. With Logical, the once stressful legal discovery process is now simpler, more efficient, and more affordable than ever before. It's always great to have you with us, Andy. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Happy to be here. It's been a long time. Andy, so let's start off. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Logical? It's history, because Sharon and I kind of know where <laughs> when you were right down the, the road from us, and the, yeah. exciting, <laughs> and the exciting things it's doing with artificial intelligence. <laughs> well, and Sharon, you should know I'm wearing uh, my, my red shoes just for you, by the way. Oh, hooray. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally, these days, I'm wearing slippers around the house because we all work from home. But yeah, so the history of Logical, we're going on 20 years, but it's not all Logical. We actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary of launching Logical on April 1st, 2013. So very fresh in my mind. You know, we did a um, an all-hands meeting with the company on Monday. We went through this whole slideshow, and it was it was pretty awesome. We launched it in D.C., if, as you guys remember, in our old Chinatown office. Now we're all over the world being a fully remote company, but... We launched it. It was the first of its kind, a completely self-serviced drag-and-drop discovery product that anybody could use. And, and, the, and kind of the, the root of you know the why behind building Logical in the first place was my co-founder and I, we came from a world of big mega litigation. And we were processing data for these large law firms and big banks. And we came to the realization that this is a service that is very valuable and everybody should have access to it. The problem was it was outrageously expensive and too slow and too difficult to use. So we fixed all that, made it very easy and very affordable, and here we are. Well, I was lucky enough recently to watch your spring launch event called Culling Reloaded, which was a really fascinating demonstration of what you're currently offering and what you're working on. Culling Reloaded, is that still available for our listeners? Yep, and I can send you a link, but it's logical.com. Okay, so if they just go there, they can find the link. If you want to give us a specific link, we'll make sure to to put it in the show notes. And you started out by saying that your mission is to disrupt and democratize discovery. Would you tell Mm -hmm. us what you mean by that, Andy? Yeah, so let's talk about the word disrupt. You know, the legal industry, it's a fascinating industry, and I think a lot of people are just heads down in the status quo, just you know, things thinking things are not going to change and they're doing things in a very old-fashioned way. And so you have to shake things up and to get them to pay attention. Like, hey, listen, like this is actually going to get much worse for you because we're, we're living through this digital 
revolution, you know, not unlike the Industrial Revolution. I don't think people realized, oh, we're living in the Industrial Revolution right now. It's just, it's what's happening in our lives, you know, that's digital detectives as an example, right? And so you, you've got you to wake people up. And so that disruption piece of our mission is really important because I don't think we can actually achieve our mission of democratization without the disruption. So the d- democratization piece is really important. You know, as you well know, many of your listeners know, the evidence is not a piece of paper anymore. It's a tweet or a text message or a voice memo. It's all digital. Everything's discoverable, you know? I, I tell my kids this all the time, try and get them to realize how grave the consequences can be, you know, avoid Snapchat and whatnot. <laughs> is it working, Andy? <laughs> no, it's not working. It's probably working against me. I mean, unbelievable. That's where the evidence is now. And, you know, the problem that, that my co-founder and I honed in on, you know, this was back in 2008 when we had the idea for this, was the volume of day is going to grow exponentially in size and in complexity but the deadlines that legal folks are under, attorneys, paralegals, investigators, et cetera, doesn't give a damn about that, right? So you have this immovable object and this growing tsunami of digital data, and it's going to create this noise-to-signal ratio that's going to make life pretty miserable eventually. And so that was a bet that we made. And so we realized you know, the world needed a calling service, and everybody's going to be able to, everyone will eventually need a service like this. You talked, when I listened to uh, that bit that I was talking about before, you talked about how Microsoft data particularly is exploding and the implications of that for discovery. Would you go over that part again for our listeners? I think the stat that I I shared before I got into that was, you know, you want to know like how much data is being created every day. It's 2.5 quintillion bytes of data every day. And of course, it's all discoverable to some extent. But, you know, Microsoft is where a lot of the data resides. You know, it's 90% of the Fortune 500 use Microsoft. Their team's product that competes with Slack is now being used by almost 300 million daily active users, which is shocking, especially when you consider, I think there's like a billion knowledge workers in the world, <laughs> something like that. So it's like a third of the knowledge workers are using Microsoft products, and One of the things that we looked at in this presentation was, well, how many Teams chats are being sent every day? And the number was shocking. 33 billion Teams chats sent every day. Kind of wild. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's bananas. And we've seen that in our own data, too. I mean, like, we we always sandy check these, you know, external stats with our own internal data. Illogical as, you know, the product now processes about a billion pages of discovery content every single month. And so we looked at the data inside of Logical to try and figure out, like, is there a trend? Is there more Microsoft data, more Teams chat data? And in fact, there was. It's growing year-over-year 81%, which is pretty dang fast. Wow. Andy, apparently one of the things you referenced was was the impact of, of layoffs and budget cuts and the do-more-with-less mentality that we're all faced with today while we're basically using outdated technology, I, I think, but I'm sure the listeners, they want to hear more about your thoughts on all of that. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, the clients of the law firms are probably creating the most pressure here. But, it, you know, we're seeing it in law firms as well. And it's, it's only going to continue. I think that's mainly due to AI is finally truly here and usable. I mean, look at OpenAI, fastest product ever to get to 100 million users. Think in a, a month's time. It's just incredible what you can do with this. I use it now every day. I use it to 
draft emails, I talk with it, I brainstorm with it, and I talk about strategy, I vet product ideas. I mean, there's so many different things you can do with it. Our engineers are using it for sanity checking code in a safe way, you know, not not a Samsung-like moment here. <laughs> I was going um, to point that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're, very, we're very careful with these things. Um, but it's it's really it's really incredible what you can do with this technology now. I mean, what here, here and here's an example. Like, there's a, a technology in Logical that we released a couple months ago to shave off you know time. Have you ever seen that that chart from XKCD comic strip? Have you ever seen that showing you how much time you'll consume per task over the course of like a month or a year? I'll have to share that. We can post that in the show notes. Because we, we often take for granted these small things every day that we do, right? Or every week. We're like, oh, it's no big deal, right? But if you do them over and over and over again, that just compounds. And so when you, when you do the math on some of these things, you might find out that you're actually wasting days or weeks of your life every single year doing these routine tasks. And that's where you know, AI and automation, I think, is going to come in and you know, expose some of that. So you know, give more people back time in their day. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish Group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com simple. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is e-discovery disrupted by the AI revolution. Our guest is our friend Andy Wilson, the CEO and co-founder of Logical, a major e-discovery platform for the legal industry. Andy is at the tip of the spear in bringing AI into the legal field, automating processes, particularly around legal discovery, that presently account for one-third of all legal fees globally. Under Andy's leadership, Logical has grown into a market leader in e-discovery trusted by over 1,500 organizations and 50,000 users in more than 40 countries worldwide. With Logical, the once stressful legal discovery process is simpler, more efficient, and more affordable than ever before. Andy, you, you mentioned Teams and Slack in our first section there, but can you talk a little bit about what AI can do with all of that data that, that you referenced? I think it's... It's the only way to really handle it because the, the data is so noisy. I mean, what people use, these are business products, right? But they're using them in a very casual way. And it's not like normal email communication 
where you know email communication is very text based. If you if you look inside any kind of Teams chat or Slack chat, you'll see obviously you'll see text stuff, but you'll see video clips, you'll see animated gifs, you'll see a bunch of emoji reactions that are basically language, you know, of how people are communicating. And if you take that and you combine all the data that you have to go through, it would take thousands of years to go through all this information with legacy means of doing discovery. And so if you think about it, AI is just perfectly suited to handle this massive amount of data that's generated by um, Teams and Slack. So as an example, like our algorithms will analyze and categorize conversations, identify patterns, even pinpoint relevant keywords and phrases. So all that chaos of chatter is no longer chaotic and it's easily discoverable. And we've heard of stories, this actually came up with one of our in-house customers last year. They uploaded 3 million Slack messages into Logical. 3 million Slack messages, right? And within two minutes time, they found 13 relevant Slack messages. And that was it. They didn't have to go through the rest. That was, And the only way that you can do that is with AI and automation. How do you deal with the generational thing, though, that some of these expressions, they mean different things to different generations? <laughs> it's really tough. So that's where AI can come in, come in as well to try and under, help you understand, you know, what is the inference behind this emoji, as an example, or this dancing cat video? <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that's lasted. <laughs> Yeah, why, why don't we see dancing dogs, by the way? Uh, the cats are simply better. Yeah, yeah. Dogs are not They're great adorable. dancers. <laughs> for now, for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the ones that are AI will be wonderful. <laughs> have you seen the, the mechanical dogs from... Yes, I have. Boston yes, I Scientific? Have. Oh, yeah. it's scary. It is, it is it is scary. I mean, they have great uses. They're wonderful in a nursing home to provide company and comfort, but the military ones are scary as hell. <laughs> very, very scary. Actually, you know, we just had this conversation about robots and discovery. That's going to be a thing. It'll happen this yeah. decade. You're going you're to have to do robot discovery. Absolutely. No question about it. I'm with you on that. <laughs> to go back to something else that you've talked a lot about is global redactions after searching for a person, a business, or an address. What is that all about, and what can it do for a lawyer or law firm? This is a big deal. So a little over a year ago, we were doing some research on privacy law all around the world, and we we came out with a a pretty shocking statistic. Two-thirds of the world's population will be under some digital privacy law. You're, You're already seeing this happen in the United States, right? California Privacy Act is an example that that kicked off New York, and then I want to say there's six different states that have their own privacy laws. Then you got GDPR. So the reason why I mentioned this is that private information has to be hidden from view. And the way that people go about doing that today is redacting. And this probably won't be shocking to anybody here, but you, you know what the number one way to redact documents is? Do you guys know? Beyond Sharpies. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> I was going to guess that. <laughs> You're going to guess Sharpies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Adobe PDF. Adobe PDF. And so you know, what you'll find, especially in school district, any kind of public agency that's under public records law, you know, so think of like your, actually Fairfax County is a customer of ours, right? And they're under the public records law. And so every time a pub, public records request comes in, they have to go through all the, all the data. You know, they're, maybe they're looking for, I want to know the school's policy about, you know, some 
type of education program or mask mandates or something like that, which is also, by the way, that's kind of a funny one because that will typically bring back a bunch of Halloween-related conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the information they have to go through is, is enormous, and the data is really sensitive. You're talking about student names, their IDs, sometimes their locations. Sometimes their bank account information is shared just freely inside of an email with a teacher. It's, it's kind of scary. And so they have to redact this all. And what you'll find is that they're doing them one by one. Like there was just a story in the Washington Post about a woman that was redacting for FOIA-related reasons. And she, she actually had a physical reaction. She wanted to throw up <laughs> every time she thought about redactions. So it's, it's a weird, it's really bad. And this, is, this digital problem is now affecting the physical world and people's mental health, overall health. So what we wanted to solve this, and we wanted to build a way to do really smart, high-scale redactions across any kind of data, not just text messages or you know, emails, but Teams data, Slack data, audio and video content, and do it safely and do it quickly. And we did that. And so that's what we were demoing is a way to do global redactions across any kind of data. And just last week, we had a customer that previously was using, you know, Adobe and, and doing it one by one. And it would have taken, it wasn't that many documents, it was like 250 documents or so. But if you think about how long it takes to do a single redaction, it's like a half a minute to a minute, that would have taken like three to four hours of time. She was able to do it in less than three minutes, just done. So massive time savings and way more secure. Andy, I didn't have the pleasure of watching the thing that Sharon did, your your demo thing there, but but I understand that you can do some pretty crazy things with, with AI in respect to legal holds and, and basically a single click. I'm interested to hear about that, and I'm sure listeners would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so legal holds, let's talk about that for a second. One of the things that is interesting in this new world about legal holds is that hackers have looked at legal holds as a clever vector into an organization. And so why is that? So think about what a legal hold is. It's an email that goes out to an employee, and it's kind of an alarming email because it says, hey, we're under investigation. Please do not delete your things. Click here to confirm you have received this so that they have an audit trail. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know, right? I, I can it's, hear where this is going. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. And so one of the things that we did, just to back to like disrupt and democratize, we actually created an AI phishing tool for legal holds where it will take a recently departed employee and then figure out who they're connected to and create an email and use their names, and the email will come from somebody in the legal department, <laughs> and it looks very real, right? And you click that button, and then it, it takes you to a, a fake landing page that says, hey, you've been fished. Maybe you shouldn't send legal holds over email. <laughs> Some people didn't like that approach, but you know, we were trying to raise awareness. Like, this is a real problem, people. Like, you don't want to be. I think the title of that one was "Lawyers Are Now a Liability," you know, something like that. And don't don't be the liability. And so we we built these tools to raise awareness around it. And connected to that is, and this is back to Teams and Chat. If you think about Slack as an example, Slack is already a trusted source of communication. It's not like email. And I think that's also why people are less professional inside of it. Like in some ways, very unprofessional inside of it. It gets people in trouble. But if you think about Slack, it's already a trusted source. 
You don't get fished in Slack. Doesn't happen, right? So we built a tool inside of Slack. It's an actual application for legal holds. You just connect it to your Slack account. And then when you send legal holds, it will intelligently route those holds to someone in Slack and they can confirm it inside of Slack versus email, dramatically reducing the risks behind legal hold phishing attacks. Oh, that's very amazing. Another thing I think our audience would like to hear about is audio review and auto transcription. Can you educate us a little about that? Yeah, this is a big deal. I mean, we always come from the lens of everything's discoverable. So we have to make everything searchable and organized, right? And then feed it into our algorithms so that we can surface up the signal from the noise, right? That's the whole, you know, the ethos of the product and the name, like Logic Call is a calling service. So one of the pieces of digital content that has has become a, a big problem in the world of e-discovery is audio and video content. So if you think about like body camera footage or dash cams, call center data, 911 centers, as an example, whenever those locations are under some sort of discovery event, which could be a government subpoena, it could be a FOIA request. What you'll find is that, back to like Adobe and PDFing, people are literally sitting there. Like I talked to this woman last year, she's in a North Carolina legal department. And they said, you know, what are you doing for audio discovery? And she said, I listen to every single voice message. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> like, what? She's like, yeah. And I was like, how long does that take? She's like, oh, it can take weeks. And I was like, do you listen to it at like one X of speed or two X of speed? She's definitely two X of speed. And I said, still two weeks? She's like, yeah. And I said, what if you have to redact that information? And she's like, oh, well, I have to flag it. I send it to this service. And then I tell them which timestamps. And it's just a nightmare, right? So, you know, we look at that and we're like, okay, that's a waste of time. And it's only going to get worse because all that audio and video content is only going to go up and to the right. So what can we do about that? So we built an AI model to automatically transcribe all of audio and video content. And more importantly, make all the words hyperlinked. So let's say, for instance, you like this podcast as an example. We should do this as an example. We should do this as a fun follow-on story. We'll take it and throw it into logical. And I can tap the word logical and it'll take me right to that point in time inside of the, the video. So you don't have to listen to everything. And then what we recently did was we added smart redaction capability, where in one click, you can automatically redact all the personally identifiable information. So think about it like a 911 call. You might be saying your, your house's location or a call center where you might reveal your credit card number, your dates of birth. Like these, this is gold for hackers, right? And so we can now find all that almost immediately. And then in a, a click of a button, you can automatically redact it. Before we move on to our last segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. 
Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is e-discovery disrupted by the AI revolution. Our guest is Andy Wilson, the CEO and co-founder of Logical, a major e-discovery platform for the legal industry. Andy is at the tip of the spear in bringing AI into the legal field, automating processes, particularly around legal discovery, that presently account for one-third of all legal fees globally. Andy, Sharon was telling me a story about AI and the comment that you made that artificial intelligence can suggest what's actually relevant and, and non-relevant, starting with privileged documents. Can you talk about that capability? Because that, that is going to be, you know, game changer, right? <laughs> oh, yes, it already is. I mean, pr- pr- privilege is, is a, a lot more nuanced than I, I thought it would be. I thought it was just, you know, fairly straightforward lawyer, law firm to client communication, it's actually more complicated than that. So, and it's also one of the more expensive things that is done in discovery. You know, privilege review, you'd never want to have a privilege document escape your hands, right? Like, that can't happen. And we've, we've had, you know, for years, we've had, we have a nets inside of Logical so that, you know, when you do actually export and produce to the other side, if you are producing privileged documents that have been tagged privileged, it'll give you a big old warning saying, are you sure you want to do that? That seems like a bad idea, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's we, like the but, terms of service. I accept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we thought we wanted we wanted to do something better. We wanted to actually surface up all the privileged content much much faster. And so what we built and this is pretty cool. We're, we're uh, it's built off of a large language model, you know, inside of Logical. As you start. Well, it does two things. Once when you when you upload data, it will find a lot of the privileged content for you automatically, and it just flags it like a filter. So you can just click and say, hey, show me all the privilege content comes to view. And that's step one. But that's not everything, right? Because as you start to do your review and privilege being a lot more nuanced than people think, you know, certain things that our initial AI wouldn't have caught is going to be flagged as privileged by a human reviewer. And what's cool about this model is that it learns that. And so as, it's, as a user is saying, hey, this is actually privileged, it will learn and say, oh, hmm, if that's privileged, maybe these other documents over here that weren't flagged as privileged are privileged as well. And it puts it into another filter we call suggested tags. And this is a game changer because it's not just privileged, but it's also responsive, non-responsive, confidential. As you start to add these tags, it's learning and learning and learning and bubbling up more of these documents. So all you have to do is click a button and they all come into view. It is, as you pointed out, like this, this is a legit game changer. At the end of Culling Reloaded, you predicted that by 2055, 50% of all work will be automated, but only the work that sucks. (laughs) That that was certainly very catchy as a prediction. Um, (laughs) How did you come to that conclusion, and what does it mean for the legal profession? And then I managed to squeeze more questions in here, but let me let you answer that part, and then I'll go to our bonus questions. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's a bit of a hedge. I mean, you know, who knows exactly when this is going to happen? And especially at the rate that AI is progressing right now. I mean, it is mind-blowing. If you're curious, look up AutoGPT and agents on Twitter. That's usually, Twitter's the best place to keep up to speed with a lot of this. And it's, ha- it's changing every single week. It is mind-blowing. So, hey, it might be 2035. 
or heck, maybe 2025, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. You know, just given the fact that so much of this is going to be a slow roll, and we're in the early innings of this digital revolution, you know, people are still redacting documents with Sharpies and PDFs and, you know, listening to voice messages one by one. Well, there's a lot of work to do, and, and, and that's why the disruption piece of our mission is so important. Because you really have to get people to kind of wake up before it's too late, and, and it kind of drowns them in putting, like like I mentioned that Washington Post story, you know, this woman is like literally suffering physically because she's using these, these antiquated ways of doing it. So, you know, I think for the legal profession, I, I have a few predictions. I think overall, this is a really great thing because there is so much legal work that just sucks. There's so much repetitive things that don't need to be repetitive, Contracts, as an example, so much of contract creation is just rote, you know, routine, and yet it's like a new piece of art every single time. Document review. Think about people looking at emails over and over and over again, one by one, to try and understand what's responsive or what's privileged. That will we'll look back at that and go, man, that was kind of silly. I, I live in Bend, Oregon, and it's the home of the last blockbuster on earth, Sharon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, he, you told me, so we both knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go there every summer. My wife and I, we take our kids there, we get a DVD, we do an outdoor movie, and I remind our kids just how easy it is now to consume entertainment, but what it was like back then and what we had to do, and they always find it really funny. And I think, <laughs> you know, like, are you serious? You would get charged late fees? And if you didn't <laughs> rewind it, you would get charged again? I'm like, yep, uh-huh. Yeah, but did you have a VHS to show them, Andy, what rewinding is? <laughs> I do have a VHS, but I don't have a VHS player. <laughs> so I have all these old tapes I need to eventually convert to uh, digital. But uh, anyway, but I, I, think, I, I think we will look back in a similar fashion and go, man, that was that was really silly. And so I think... You know, if you think about predictions on the impact of legal, one of the really great things I think that's going to happen this decade and in the coming decades is the access to justice will be forever changed. You know, that's one of the biggest challenges of the legal industry is the access to the legal industry is prohibitive for a variety of reasons. You know, and I think one of the biggest ones is the billable hour, you know, blocks people from seeking access because of the fear of how long something could take and the costs associated with that. So, you know, it, there could be a world where this is the moment in time where this time it's different. You know, now now the billable hour is really at risk and access to justice can actually be achieved because of AI and automation. But I think, that, I think that's going to happen. And I think the business models will have to adjust because if you can do something, like I just mentioned, in three minutes that historically would have taken you three to four hours, well, you should do it in three minutes. You shouldn't take three to four hours. But the incentives today in this in this industry are perversely related to that kind of adoption. And I don't think that's going to work anymore because you're going to be able to do things so much faster and smarter. I personally think that the people who work with AI will outpace considerably the people who don't work with AI. That is likely to come, I think, to the larger law firms first, simply because they have the money to do it. But the smaller ones who can figure it out and use maybe smaller, less expensive products, they may be able to keep up too. I had had a whole list of questions there, but I think you actually answered most of them, Andy. Was there anything else you'd (laughs) like to chip in with in terms of your predictions? We're writing them all down so that we can tell you whether you were right or wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, I'm just trying to think of it like just simple constraints, you know, theories of constraints and incentives. And incentives drive so much behavior and, and just human workload. And, and one of the other things I think is going to be interesting to watch is the clients of these law firms, especially the larger law firms. They are the ones who now, because they're kind of like small teams, you know, like small law firms. If you look inside of any large organization, you'll find a very small law legal department. (laughs) It's like less than 1% of revenue goes to the legal department, right? They don't spend like 1% of the revenue because they have to do important work, but they often outsource that to law firms and third parties. And now that there's tools that are easy to use, they're fast, they're affordable, for a variety of the legal tasks that historically would have been outsourced to third parties, I I think you're going to see a pretty big shift where in-house teams are going to adopt these tools. And because of the way the internet works, being so networked, it will most likely create some sort of network effect inside of the broader law firm market and force these law firms to adopt these tools just to compete. And I think that's also going to change the business model. So I think it's just kind of like a small team's win. You know, like small teams can now do the work of massive law firms and third parties at a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. You know, I agree with most of your predictions. There are some that I've thought of, others I haven't. And it seems like there's a new prediction every day and there's new news every day. And keeping up with this is a full-time job. And I'm sure you feel like that too. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm like plugged into the Twitter hive mind just trying to keep up, you know, what's going on. It's almost impossible to keep up because it's moving so fast. And of course, that carries its own perils. But, you know, certainly some of the information you've given today is just so valuable. We want to thank you, John and I, for coming on and being our guest today, Andy. We've been friends a long time. You're a very colorful fellow, and, and that includes the red sneakers. Uh, <laughs> and and it's, always been, it's always been fun to interview you because you're very imaginative and creative and always on the cutting edge of whatever you're doing. So we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Well, thank you, Sharon. Thank you, John. It is awesome speaking with you, and thank you for the time. That does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or an Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our podcasts, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about Sensei's digital forensics, managed technology, and managed cybersecurity services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.